it's time for the word of the Lord. And so uh, hear me as I pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, uh, I thank you, Lord, for your written word. Lord, for it is food. It is life. It is everything. And now, Lord, you've given me the awesome opportunity to present your word, Lord. Not as I say it, Lord, but as you say it. I prepare, Lord, but may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Uh, And, Lord, may you open up the hearts and minds of all of us to get a glimpse of your heavenly secrets, of your riches and glory. So have your way, Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way with me. And with all who are listening, in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Uh, I want to read for you uh, John chapter 17. We're just going to read the first five verses. Uh, But all of you might know that John 17th is the uh, prayer of Jesus. Uh, Some people call it the actual Lord's prayer. For the Lord is praying. And he's praying for his disciples and all the future church. And I'm not going to read all of it, uh, but we will look at John chapter 17, verses 1 through 5 to to get us started. Amen. And it reads, after Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all peoples that he might give eternal life to, to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Jesus is going to the cross. What a strange prayer. Glorify me that your glory might be seen in me. And he goes on to pray that the glory he has will be in the disciples. He's going to the cross. He's going to torture. He's going to take on all the sins of the world. He has been in unison with his father all of his life. But on that cross, God the Father is not going to have fellowship with him. For he's putting your sins and all the past sins and all the future sins on Jesus to die. And Jesus is going to be the perfect sacrifice for sins. And he's going to cry out. Father, why, uh, uh, God, my God, my God, why hast thou deserted me? Because God deserts him for you. What a strange prayer to pray. What a strange prayer is it for us to ask for God's glory? It's an interesting prayer. Uh, Jesus could have crushed the Roman government on that cross. Amen. Amen. 
He could have destroyed the chief priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all who stood against him. He could have done that and that would have been glorious, we think. But he says, no. I'm going to be lifted up on that cross. In John chapter 3 verse 14, he says, I'm going to be like the snake that Moses put a bronze snake on a, on a, on a, a staff and lifted it up. And all who would look at him would not be, die from being bitten by poisonous snakes. Uh, he says in, in John chapter 3 verse 28, uh, I do nothing on my own. So that you know that God speaks through me. And I only do what the Father has told me. I will be lifted up. In John chapter 12, verse 32 through 34, he says, um, when I be lifted up, I will draw all people to me. And that will show the kind of death that I am to die. He goes on to say, you will have light for a little bit. While you have light, believe the light. You will have light for a little bit, believe the light. He is going to the cross to bring glory to God and glory within us. Why do we need glory? I, I read an interesting story on the internet this week. It's still on the internet if you want to go check it out. Uh, just look up an a, a African-American woman who was uh, refused gas. Uh, her name is Rose Whitfield. Uh, she uh, was living in Oregon and she went to a, a full service um, gas station and she was sitting there waiting to get service and she noticed everybody else got service so she waited some more some more people came up they got service so she finally asked the attendant how come you haven't serviced me yet he grinned and he says I'll get you when I feel like it now you know y'all would have lost it but she didn't lose it. She went to a higher self. Amen. She went to a glorious self. I'm not saying God survived. There's no mention of God in the story. But she went to a higher place. She didn't go to the low road. Amen. So she said, well, let me go to the manager. And so she said, uh, I, I see your policy says first come, first serve. He hasn't taken care of me yet. So the manager asked the attendant. Have you not taken care of her? Why? He says, I don't serve black people. It's on the internet. It happened two years ago. She just went to court. And the manager didn't reprimand him. He didn't fire him. He got another attendant to pump her gas. She went to court. She's got a good lawyer. They offer her $12,000. I mean, that's, that ain't bad, amen? Uh, she didn't get gas, she's going to get $12,000. She says, no, it's the principal. A jury of her peers gave her over a million dollars. You don't have to go to your lower self, amen? You can go to a more glorious self. That's something for us to think about. Many years ago, I was watching a reality TV show. Uh, Y'all might have seen it, maybe not. It was called The Preachers of L.A., uh, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. And, and one of the preachers came on, and he was of a mega church, and he was, he was popular. And he says, you know my glory, <laughs> but you don't know my story. <laughs> Interesting. I, I'm not saying it's evil. 
I'm saying he's holding up the wrong mirror. Amen. Because there is glory in our story. Amen. But we all fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And we need a better picture than a preacher like me. Than a preacher like Eric Bradshaw. We, we need a picture better than Pastor Preston. Amen. We need a picture of a glorious righteous God. Who has a son named Jesus Christ. His only begotten son. That, that we might go to our higher selves. Amen. Amen. Too many people are in love with their own reflection. Oh, I'm not talking about y'all. I, 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 I hope I'm not talking about y'all. Uh, some of you might be narcissistic, but I doubt it. But some of you might be a little self-centered. You know? You're always preoccupied. I wonder what they think of me. I wonder if I'm making the right impression in church. Am I holding up my hands right while I sing in church? <laughs> I, I, I'm not talking about you. I'm, I'm talking about me. Amen. <laughs> we, we're focused on ourselves just a little bit. And, 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 you know, that's, again, the wrong picture. But maybe you're not that type. Maybe you're the type who's focused on other people's glory. Amen. The other man's grass is always greener. The sun shines brighter on the other side. My life is bad, but their life is good. I want what they have. Uh, I just need to warn you. Exodus chapter 20 verse 17 says, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor, anything of thy neighbors. Don't covet. Don't want. See, the same problem of self-pride and the same problem of self-pity has the same issue, self. <laughs> That's the problem, amen? We need God's glory. We need to look at his glory. The Bible deals with glory in, in two ways. Glory is something you see. Wow. Have you ever looked at up at the stars at, at night? God made this. Have you ever been to an aquarium and see all those fishes and sharks and octopuses and all? God made this. Uh, but there's also usually a woe when we see all that. The stars are awesome. The, the, the forest is awesome. But look at me. Whoa. Uh, it's not so bad there, but let me give you a, a story of Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah goes into the temple and he sees something no one has ever seen before and no one's ever seen since. He's in the temple and, and behold, he sees God enthroned on, you know, the king in the temple. And, and he says, you know, um, smoke fills the temple and the train of his robe fills the temple and it's shaking. And, and he goes, wow. And, and there's seraphims flying around God and saying, holy, holy, holy. And he says, wow, but then he says, woe. Woe is me. For I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. He, he saw the crown of glory, amen. And we, that's what we can call glory, the crown, amen. 
And, and, and then a seraphim came and with a tongue. He took a hot altar off the, off the, a hot coal off the altar and touched his lips and says, your guilt is removed from you. So he had the throne, but then he had the, con the confirmation. God says, you've seen my glory. Now I want to let you know you're all right with me. Your guilt is taken away. And then he hears a voice that says, who will go for us? And I don't know if he looked around. Ain't no one else in the temple. <laughs> he says, here I am, Lord. Send me. So you got the crown, the confirmation, and the com commission. Amen. That's what we're talking about today. When we receive the glory of God, we have the crown. Amen. We have what Jesus had. He, he had the crowd. He was God's son. And he had this enjoyable, wonderful fellowship that no one could get in between him and the Father. He had the confirmation. But he also had the commission. So it's what you see. Now what you see and also what you do. Well, what do you do? Well, number one, you declare it. Amen. You witness. You come to church to hear it. You tell other people. You, you, you teach other people. You, you teach your children and your grandchildren. And, 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 and you teach people by encouragement that there's glory of God. Yes, it's bad out here. Yes, it's COVID-19. Yes, it's Donald Trump. I don't want to keep talking about him. But anyway, but there's glory. Amen? Let's focus on God's glory. But then you demonstrate it. Well, how do you demonstrate it? Well, Jesus uh, uh, told us that in, in verse 4. Uh, he says, uh, I have brought your glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Jesus said, I have brought glory to your earth because I've done what you told me to do. Now, he's not finished yet because he's going to go to the cross. He's going to make that perfect sacrifice. And then he's going to say, tell us that it is finished. It's paid in full. Amen. So, so, but he did it up to that point. And, and, and that's the job that we have to do. We have to do what God has called us to do. Everybody's got a different assignment. Uh, we have someone who's a greeter, and we have other people who have ushers, and, and, and we have the choir, and, and we have the, 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 the announcements, and we have uh, the technician. Everybody don't do the same thing, but do what God have for you to do. Finish it. Praise the Lord. Uh, I think about David. All, all his preachers like David. You know, uh, uh, David was given the assignment to bring lunch to his brothers. And he's bringing lunch to his brothers and all the soldiers are terrified because there's a nine foot giant and, and they're challenging somebody to come out from Israel to fight their they're giant, and everybody's, you know, terrified. And David's looking at them, and looking at the giant, and he said, what's wrong with y'all? Who is this Philistine insulting the armies of the living God? David's a little shepherd boy. He said, I'll do it. I'll get, I'll get started. And everybody tried to talk about him. Saul tried to give him his, his uh, armor. David said, Give me my slingshot and a rock. Give me five more rocks because he might have some brothers. 
So he took that one rock that God had helped him use against a lion and a bear. And he said, I can do this. That, that giant was talking much trash. I'm going to eat your flesh. Give it to the dogs. David knocked him out. And then Goliath was beheaded. Some scriptures say it was David. Some say it was somebody else. Nevertheless, David finished the job. Amen. Because David started. He finished the work. Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 6. You've heard it. Likewise, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your father which is heaven your father amen not you your story is your glory I don't need to keep picking up picking on that preacher but it's about glorifying your father amen I just want to uh, so many stories we could talk about finishing um, in the uh, book of Matthew chapter 25 there are three parables and to me, they all have to do with finishing. One of the parables is the parable of the wise and foolish virgins who were given the assignment to go and meet the bridegroom. And five of them finished and five of them didn't. And the ones who were foolish didn't finish because they didn't carry enough oil in their lamps. They were unprepared. The second uh, parable is the parable of the talents. And, and the master gives uh, five talents to one of his servants and his job is to take that and to reproduce money. Because the talent is not, you know, singing and playing basketball and, you know, dancing. Whatever. No, it's, it's money. So he's given uh, five talents and he goes out in the world. He comes back with a total of ten talents. So the master comes back and says, ten talents. Well done, good and faithful servant. And then one he had given three talents, and, and likewise he goes out and he, he brings back a total of six talents. And again, well done, good and faithful servant. But the one who was given one talent, which by the way is a whole lot of money. The master came back and says, uh, what have you done with what I have? He says, well, uh, I, I didn't get started. I buried it in the earth, you wicked servant. See, he was trying to steal that money. <laughs> but anyway, we'll talk about that. We need to finish what we started. Amen. Once, once you finish, amen, once you, you declare and demonstrate glory, we're going to find out that you're going to get confirmed. Uh, and we see that in, 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 in again, verse, um, uh, uh, verse 12. Verse 12. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None of them has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scriptures must be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now. Jesus is saying, Father, I'm coming to you now and saying these things while I'm still in the world. He said, I'm saying this not for my benefit or your benefit, but for my disciples' benefit. Mm -hmm. That they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the, word has, and the world has hated them. 
He says, you're going to have my full. Jesus, again, was one with the Father. Amen. He was the Son of God. Amen. But now he said, I want them to hear that that joy that I have is now in them. It's not just a little thing. Um, it's, it's really talking about the rebirth. The Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 talks about the fruit. The one fruit of the Spirit. Which really to me is love. Now, some people interpret that differently. But it's expressed five ways. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. I'm not going to go through the whole list. But the first one you know is what? It's what? Joy. He said, that, that's a permanent thing, amen? It's not just a little thing. Oh, I got joy, joy down in my heart. Yeah, you do. But, but it's something you can count on, amen? Uh, uh, I still have joy. I still have joy. After all the things I've been through, I still have joy, amen? And so Jesus is confirming them. This is the, the wow that takes away the woe. Uh, I have Conrad here today. He knows his scripture. Talks about the woe. Romans chapter 7 verse 21 through 25. And, and, and it says, Paul says, So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man am I? Paul says, I'm a wretched man because evil is always with me. It's always trying to carry me down the low road to pull out that other self you don't need to pull out. <laughs> but the next sentence is thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord now to me whenever I read that I always kind of I didn't get it I just oh it's like oh it's a good day thanks be to God no he said thanks be to God now how would I know that because the next chapter finishes this sentence Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2 Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can I get a clap? If you're in him, there is no condemnation. It's only confirmation. Amen? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of death and sin. You are meant to receive the full joy of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Romans 8, verses 15, a little bit further down it says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Father, my Father which art in heaven. You're like the prodigal son. He loves you. Yeah, you done wasted all his money, but he still loves you. Amen? Romans 8, 23. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruit of the Spirit grown inwardly. Now, you have the first fruit of the Spirit because your soul is saved. Amen? 
but you're still in this world with a new soul, but with an old body. Inwardly, we await eagerly our adoption to sonship, the redemptions of our body. Besides having this glory esteem, not thinking about yourself, but thinking about God's glory, we also have team esteem. Amen. You are commissioned with other brothers and sisters to serve other brothers and sisters. The foundation of this unity is love and service. And dem Jesus demonstrated this in John chapter 13 when he washed their feet. He washed their feet. And they're supposed to serve one another. And once you have this crown and this commission, you need to, uh, this uh, confirmation, you need to move on to the commission. John chapter 17 verses 15 through 23. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also sent them into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray for those who still believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, they all also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I and them, you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. You are prayed for, amen protected and commissioned. He, he's going to protect you and sanctify you. Example of a person who was prayed for and commissioned and protected is Peter. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus tells all of them, all y'all, as he's at the Last Supper, he said, all y'all going to desert me. Peter said, uh-uh, uh-uh, not me. He said, I'm ready to die with you. I'm ready to go to jail for you. And he really, really meant it. Oh, oh, he really thought he could live up to it. But Jesus said, Peter, Satan is asked to sift you like wheat. He's going to try you real hard. But I have prayed for you. And, and when you come back, oh, that's the good news. See, Jesus prayed for you. That's the prayer that never fails. Amen. Amen. I have prayed for you. And when you come back, strengthen your brothers. And Peter said, oh, don't even worry about me, Lord. I'm, I'm good. He said, Peter, before the rooster crows two times, you're going to deny me three times. Cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> Jesus was looking at Peter, and Peter was in woe. He was in woe. God will protect us and sanctify us until we finish our work. And, and what I want you to see is, let's not just look at Peter. There, there were 72 disciples that Jesus sent out in Luke chapter 10. 72 disciples. And he told them one message. He says, um, heal the sick and tell them that the kingdom of God has come near you. I can't imagine being one of the 72 being terrified to go into a town I've never gone in before. I'm here to heal the sick and to tell you the kingdom of God has come near. 
They all went and did it like Jesus told them to. And they came back and they said, whoa, even the demons, uh, we had control of them. They, they departed. And Jesus said, don't be excited that demons listen to you. Be excited that your name is written in the book of life. Now, I want to tell you something. It doesn't mean that the name only is written in the book of life. See, the book of life is what God planned for you to do. God planned for you to do something. And you're afraid to do it. But they did it. And people got healed. Because God said, I want you to do it. David threw that stone and it happened. Conrad played that piano and the music came out. Larry Harris sung that song. All of them sung and it worked. Amen? Do what God has assigned you to do. You're not of this world. You're of from above. See, see it's like you, you, you're walking in this world, but you're not of the world. Stop fearing. You're up from above, amen? God's been glorified already, and his glory is inside of you, and you can do what he wants you to do. Amen. So now, uh, uh, let, me, let me begin to close it up. I, I'm a preacher, so you know, I might do that four more, five more things. But we started talking about a preacher who was kind of full of himself. And I want to tell you about a man in the Bible who was kind of full of himself. Uh, he's a wonderful man. He was a converted man. He no longer is thinking about himself anymore. His name is Paul, formerly known as Saul. And he writes in Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 18. If anyone thinks they have reason to be confident in the flesh, ha! you don't know my, you know my glory, but you don't know my story. He, he said, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regards to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, I persecuted the church. As for righteousness on the law, I'm faultless. But whatever were gained to me, I consider it loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I lost all things. I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that come from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings. Huh? Becoming like him in his death. Huh? And so, somehow, attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on. The whole of that for which Christ Jesus held on to me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize for which God has called me heavenly 
heavenward in Christ Jesus. Do you see your old glory and story as garbage? Then take out the trash. Will you throw the garbage out to be held by Christ? Paul forgets himself. It's not about his former glory or his former faults, but simply to know Christ. Jesus grabbed Paul and held on to him, and he simply wants to hold and be held by Christ. Another way, besides seeing what you had is, is garbage, is to see what Christ has as the most wonderful prize. I want to tell you a story about an African-American slave who was in Richmond, Virginia. He was a runaway slave. Well, he wasn't a runaway slave. He was a mail-away slave. His name is Henry Brown. They call him Box Brown. He, he had the liberty to go in town, and he had a little money, so he, he, he got a box, and he paid someone to, to mail it off to an abolitionist in Philadelphia, and he got in a box, and he suffered in that box for three weeks, but finally the box arrived at the abolitionist's house, and he popped out, hi, my name is Henry Brown, <laughs> and I'm a slave, but no more. You got to want what Christ can give you, amen? amen? And leave it all behind. What are you falling in love with? Amen? Are you falling in love with yourself, your pity story, your hard luck, your wonderfulness? There's a song, um, I can't think of his name right now, Jonathan Butler. He wrote this, falling in love with Jesus falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've ever done in your arms I feel protected in your arms I feel protected in your arms I'm never disconnected never never know in your arms I feel protected there's no place I'd rather be there's no place I'd rather be. Amen. Amen.